In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. Talking today in our ongoing series of A Missing Piece about prolapse. And we've gotten some really great feedback from you guys on our first two in this series. One was on the postpartum evaluation. One was on a missing piece when evaluating stress urinary incontinence. So those would both be good ones to go back and listen to if you are interested and have not had a chance. But for this missing piece series, we're basically saying we can't take time and talk all about everything that you need to do to treat a prolapse. Obviously, that's like a full two-day course. But can we pull out something that's going to give you guys a nugget, something that's going to give you the biggest thing that Nicole feels like is missing with the treatment of prolapse? So we're going to dive into that today. And then notice that we're not saying it's the missing piece, like it's the one thing that you should be doing, but it's a missing piece. So it's something that I think has been brushed off, overlooked, not given the attention that it deserves when you're treating somebody with said diagnosis. Yes. So we're going to dive into that. Just a couple of other things for you guys on the announcement front. One is if you do not have tickets to PelvicCon in person, again, be paying attention. We're going to be having a really cool announcement that should be coming out on May 2nd. So pay attention. There may be a handful of tickets still available that we can release to you guys. That's it on the PelvicCon side. Also, if you are a business owner or a want-to-be business owner, make sure that you have jumped into the Pelvic PTOT Entrepreneur Group. It is the largest group of pelvic health providers who are talking business. We do a lot of training in there, questions in there, and there's going to be some other really cool stuff coming up in there in the coming months too. So if that's on your radar, if it's something you're thinking about, you can just look at Pelvic PT OT Entrepreneur Group and become a Pelvipreneur in there. Okay, Nicole, what is the biggest missing piece you find for prolapse? What do people overlook or not do? The standing assessment, getting your patient up and off of the table in order to complete the evaluation for somebody that is having symptoms of prolapse. This is super, super important. One of the most overlooked things in any pelvic floor exam, but especially in somebody that is having a pressure gravity dependent symptom we need to be getting our patients up and off of the table and assessing them in a standing form. I would even argue to go one step further and do it in a dynamic assessment as well when they're moving. But at the very least, they need to be up and off the table into a standing position to see what the heck is going on with their pelvic floor system. So let me play devil's advocate here. Hey, I'm a pelvic therapist. My people do get better with prolapse. I've never done a standing assessment before. 
how different is it really from what you find on their back? Am I going to really get any other information? Are you ever surprised if you do a supine assessment and then you do a standing assessment? Are you ever like shocked at what comes out or is like, oh yeah, that, that totally made sense. That's exactly what I found on the supine assessment. A lot of times it makes sense, but I would say that the standing assessment has given me more shocking results where I'm like, what in the hell is happening than anything else? I mean, you guys know me. I take a very strong orthopedic approach to my patients. So there've been some pretty fun and interesting things that outside of the pelvis that we find to be influencing a pelvic floor dysfunction. But from a pelvic floor specific assessment, like I cannot even tell you how different sometimes it can feel supine versus standing. It is out of control. And a lot of times things that don't show up when somebody is supine on your table shows up when there's gravity, when there's the ground reaction force coming up through their legs, the recruitment patterns of the entire system of their lower extremity, of how they're managing force going up through their foot, how they're managing pressure coming down, that all of that can be felt in a standing assessment that cannot be replicated in a supine or hook lying assessment. Now, just from answering the phone at Pelvic Sanity for so long, is it also possible? Because I feel like we have some patients who call in who say they feel like they have a prolapse. They feel the heaviness, especially later in the day, especially when they've been on their feet, but they've been to their physician or they've been to even another pelvic floor physical therapist and they say that they couldn't find a prolapse. Is that potentially because they were only looking at it in supine and the the prolapse was very much more evident or much more of a problem when they were standing around their feet? Absolutely. So this is one of the first questions that in, in the subjective evaluation, if someone comes in and says that exact same stuff that Jesse just said, like, oh, I feel like I have a pressure. I swear something's there. Something's coming down. I'm feeling it. And, and they said, but my, I went to my doctor and they had, they said that it wasn't that bad or that they couldn't find anything. The first thing I asked is that, well, did you stand up and, and have them assessed in standing? And they'd be like, oh no, of course not. They were just laying down and they were doing the physician version of the prolapse assessment, which is very different than our dynamic and standing assessment. And so that is a huge missing piece of what, and it's something that we are poised to do expertly. We are movement analysis specialists. We are musculoskeletal specialists. We are neuromuscular specialists. We are recruitment pattern specialists. That's what our jam is. It's literally what we went to school for. We learned all of that stuff. We've been treating like that in every other way, in every other part of the body, except for for some reason, when we get to the pelvic floor, it is, we just forget about it. And that's why we're doing this series is because a huge missing piece is to actually remember to, when you have a prolapse patient, to get them into a functional position that they are feeling their symptoms in people aren't complaining of prolapse when they're laying on their back. So what would be like an orthopedic example, Nicole, of this idea of, right? Because I feel like having been to orthopedic physical therapy myself, like usually it's like, oh, I'm having a problem doing this. The first thing the person says is, well, show me how you're doing that. Yeah. So right? it would what, what be an example of, of what this analogy would be if, if somebody came in with a problem and then was evaluated in a completely different like position. So imagine... 
somebody coming in off the street has a limp and they've been told to go to physical therapy. They go into the orthopedic physical therapist. They come in, they are limping, they're holding their hip. They're saying, man, it really hurts right here. And then the, all of the, the physical therapist would do would be like, okay, amazing. First thing we need to do is get you off of your feet because we definitely can't tell anything about what's going on when you're walking. And I'm going to do all of the treatment and all of the training with you not weight-bearing because we don't want that to happen. And then I'm going to close my eyes when you walk out the door just to make sure that I don't catch a peek of what it actually looks like when you walk. Seriously, it's that asinine. Like We would say that that physical therapist is definitely not doing their job. And so, and, and what that translates to into pelvic floor is doing this assessment on their back, looking to see if we can see a prolapse, having them volitionally bear down to seeing the excursion of the problem at the vaginal wall. And then it's like, yep, you do or don't have it. But that means nothing about if they're standing up, what's happening from their foot all the way up to their hip, to their SI joint, how they are, what the breathing pattern is and how that changes when they don't have input from the table. Like there are, it's cannot be more different, the assessment from supine to standing. And so this is a missing piece. I might even say this is the missing piece for this prolapse situation, but it is so important. And I have never been so surprised with things that I think are going to be happening based on my supine assessment, because it's not like I skipped the supine assessment. I still think it's important. So don't misconstrue that, but it's important in the context of what's going on at rest. And then what's going on when we actually have to do some work and when the pelvic floor is supposed to be turning on automatically and when there is gravity on on the system. And it's it's just something that is so important for us to be doing. So what are some of the other issues with not doing it? What happens if, because again, kind of playing the devil's advocate, if you're a therapist and, and have not been trained in this or aren't comfortable doing a standing assessment, you're still able to, in some cases, get people better but what are the other problems, Nicole, with not doing a staying assessment? One is that you're not getting an accurate assessment, but what else does that prohibit you from being able to do? So it prohibits you, if you don't do this, it prohibits you from having specificity to your exercise prescription. If you don't know what is happening, and we went over this in the stress urinary incontinence missing piece series about the task and the timing of what's going on. When is this person having a pressure breach in the system, we can feel that when we're doing a standing assessment. And if we don't do that, then we are missing the ability to do specificity in the exercise routine that we're going to give them or the strengthening protocol. So when we prescribe exercises, that's what it is. It's a prescription. It's not a protocol based here. We need to do these four exercises and do this many this way and this many holding four seconds and this many holding 8.25 seconds, like that is going to have no bearing on what it's actually needed to counteract a pressure management issue in standing and with gravity putting forces down onto the system. So you're basically not allowing yourself, by not doing the standing assessment, you're not allowing yourself the specificity, the information that's going to get you the specificity in the exercise prescription. Okay. So with how important this is, 
A couple of things I just want to tease out here. First of all, are you doing this at the initial assessment? Is this a couple of appointments in? Like, when are you actually doing the standing assessment? Good question. It totally depends. I know you guys hate that answer, but it really does depend. There are some people with prolapse that come in that are just like have seen multiple providers and they are... And once we explain the process of the internal examination, what we can feel, then I will also say the other thing that we have the option to do today is to do that same assessment that I was just talking to you about when we're lying on the table and seeing what your pelvic floor is feeling like. We can also do that when you're standing up. And I would recommend that if you're open to doing the internal exam today, that we would also add in that component because you described to me that your symptoms are happening when you are doing X activity and we need to be able to see what's happening with that thing. I cannot tell you the the people, the amount of people that are like, that it clicks. It's like, oh yeah, no wonder then my doctor told me that it wasn't that bad and I'm feeling it every day all the time because they didn't do its standing assessment. So it's like, let's let's get you up and see what's actually going on. And you can show me where you feel it the most and what you're doing and when you're moving and where you're actually feeling it. And we can actually see some things that we might not be able to see if we're just going to have you lay on the table. And people are, most people are super open to that. So in that case, sometimes we are doing it at the first session, but there are plenty of times when it's either we're running out of time because this is something that we can't rush. So we might defer that to the next session so that we're doing the internal pelvic floor assessment supine the first day. And then saying, okay, what I'd like to do next time is do a really in-depth assessment of the same things we just found here, but when you're up and on your feet. In that way, then we're going to be able to see what it's like when you are lunging. You mentioned that the prolapse feeling and that pressure feeling is the worst when you're squatting down. We're going to assess your squat. We're going to then look at the squat from a big macro view, and then we're going to get nitty gritty into the pelvic floor while you're squatting and we're going to do it there too. And people are usually like, okay, that sounds like a good plan. Then they have time to process it. And then we go back the next day and be like, are you still open to having that standing assessment done? Yeah, let's get to it. Great. Cool. Then then we go to it. So it can be either, or it can be at the beginning or it can be you know, in the first few visits. But I would either way, say, it's really early in their process. It's not like halfway through Yes. And I call that the figure it out phase. To me, that's still part of the figure it out phase. It's in that first three to five sessions that we are really getting everything, all of the pieces of the, of why this is happening. We're gathering all of those things in the first visit. And I really feel like I'm really a big proponent of not rushing anything when we're doing internal. So I personally, I prioritize doing internal assessments. I try to do those the first day, as long as the patient is, we're all on the same page and everybody's open to that. When we do that, I usually will defer the the standing assessment because it's just a lot to, to take into consideration, especially if you, for me, I have an hour, which is a luxury um, and some people don't even have that. So if you have any time less than that, then then we can't, you should be doing it on the next visit probably. Okay. So then talk to me then, because I think we've now at Pelvic Sanity seen hundreds of people who have come in for our out-of-town program. I don't think we've seen one of them who's actually had a standing assessment 
from their pelvic floor physical therapist back home. And so this is not an indictment. If you're not doing this right now, this is why we're talking about this is a missing piece. And this is frankly something that no one is training anybody in. I don't even know where other than in the Not Your Mama's Kegels course that you do, Nicole, where where you can do it. I know a lot of people have kind of come to it independently, just like you did and kind of like figured it out. But if you haven't had a mentor who's trained you in this, like it totally makes sense that you're not feeling 100% comfortable in this. What are some of the other reasons? So you, you maybe haven't been trained in doing a standing or a dynamic assessment. I'm sure that another reason that people don't do it is it just kind of feels weird, especially I'm sure you must have felt this, Nicole, like the first time you did it with a patient that can't have felt like supernatural. Yeah, it's it's definitely if you have never done it before, it's it's a little awkward because you're like, oh, where do I stand and how do I do this? And you're right there with somebody. And like, if, if you don't have, we have the luxury of having gowns. So if you don't have a gown, then the person's holding a towel. I mean, there's just like a lot of logistics that can make it feel awkward. However, I would just encourage you guys to just try it and just talk to your patient. They're people. You're trying to help them. And you are the best person that's going to be doing this. No one else is doing this. And so if you've never done it before, I might even say, hey, I was listening to this really awesome podcast and they were talking about people with prolapse. And one of the things that we haven't done yet is to actually assess the musculature and the way that you're moving and standing. Would you be open to that? I don't know how it's going to go. Like, we'll we'll just figure it out together. But But here we go. Is that cool? And then most people would be like, yeah, like, let's do it. If you present it in a very, in a way like that, then a lot of times your patients are going to be on board and they'll extend you a lot of grace in something that might be a little bit awkward. And then guess what? If you're down on your knee and you're like having a hard time not being able to feel something, just, just tell them, Hey, I'm just going to reposition my hand real quick. I'm not feeling what I want to be feeling. And then just do that. So I encourage you all, if you haven't tried it, just to try it. And you have to pick the correct patient to do this on. You don't want to pick the person to bring this up to that's already super nervous, that isn't really sure if that pelvic therapy is going to be something that they want to continue on in the first place. Like, don't pick that patient. Pick the person that is super excited to be there, like super open. And, you know, then that's the kind of person to be like, oh my gosh, you know what? I think we need, may, might need to make this part of your evaluation and see if we can get some more information. So if this is something that you want to incorporate, but you don't feel comfortable. Nicole teaches all about this, including live demonstrations in the Not Your Mama's Kegels Essential Pelvic Strengthening course. It also talks about in that course what to do with that different information, because that might be another holdup is what do I even do with that information that's different? once I find something different with that standing evaluation. So when I have taught my staff this and when I've run into a bunch of people and taking the the course that are apprehensive about doing a standing assessment, I feel like that is one of the number one reasons that people give is that, well, my patient's doing fine with the way that I'm doing it now. What's this really going to add to my practice? And it's going to add everything. (laughs) It's going to add everything. I'm not saying that people cannot get better if you don't do a standing assessment. That's not what I'm saying. We, You are probably sitting there being like, I don't do standing assessments and my patient's doing great. That's awesome. But are they doing the best that they can be? Are you really getting a thorough evaluation of what's going on? Are you following your patient long enough to know that past the eight visits that you're seeing them, are you really resolving their entire issue? I would... 
hypothesize that you're not, that you're getting them to a point that is better than they were before, but not the best that they can be. And that's where we really want to be in terms of our specialty, in terms of what we can offer patients. We want to get them to the best that they can be, not just better than they are when they come in. So a standing assessment, in my opinion, is a missing piece when treating a patient with prolapse that can achieve that end. Awesome. And, you know, this is real life consequences of this. And we also talk about this when we train our staff. But if they're not treated well or if they don't get full resolution, patients are going in for surgery. Oftentimes they're going in for surgery before they even go to physical therapy, which is a whole nother problem. But the most recent research is showing that prolapse surgery within five years, 62 to 71% of prolapse surgeries fail, depending on which type it is. Can I repeat that? Within five years, two thirds of people who have a surgery will have that surgery fail, right? And please don't come and ask us for references. Look it up. It's super easy. It's from the Cleveland Clinic in 2018. That is crazy. That is what we are condemning people to if we're not able to resolve symptoms. So this stuff ends up mattering. The other thing that was really, really interesting about this, and if you ever hear a physician kind of push back and say pelvic floor physical therapy doesn't work, well, that same study showed that pelvic floor physical therapy didn't work. And you know why it was is because all they had them do was volitional Kegel strengthening. They had them doing and building up to in pre-surgery and then post-surgery, 45 Kegels a day with a maximum hold of 10 seconds. That was the whole point of the, the intervention. And they found that it had absolutely no positive benefits on patients who had had a prolapse surgery. So those are the stakes. That's the kind of stuff that if you really look and dive into the research, like that's what's what people are doing. And then of course it doesn't work because guess what? Those people with prolapse, like if the surgery was failing, it's probably because the pressure management issue wasn't taken care of at the first place. And so then you tack up the organ and then the pressure management issue or the recruitment pattern issue or the timing issue that you would have picked up in standing or during a dynamic assessment wouldn't have, wasn't addressed. And so of course the, the surgery can only last, a, there's an expiration date on the surgery then because it can only hold so back so much pressure, so much dysfunction. Like that's what our job is. And so we must, we have to be willing to try things that are outside of the box a little bit. And and in this case, a standing assessment is one of those things. I know it's not taught very frequently, but you guys, it is something that you can just talk to your patient about, see if they're open to it, and just try it. The other thing with that is that I want you all to, to imagine, right, for people right now that are walking, listening to this podcast, you're driving, whatever, if you do not have a prolapse, are you kegeling right now? Like, most of the time, no, we're not. Like if you don't have a prolapse, like you don't have to continually like, hold a pelvic floor muscle contraction in order for your, your organs not to fall out. Like that's the thing. We have to get people back to the point where their pelvic floor is functioning in that automatic way as a system. And the only way that we're, we're going to be able to look and evaluate the system is to is to do that standing assessment and seeing where that system is breaking down and at what point 
the pressure is is overcoming the ability for the pelvic floor to work in that system. That's the name of the game. Awesome. So if you guys try this, and a lot of our people in the, the Nacho Mamas Kegels have written in about what a game changer this was, but give us a shout. Let us know what it is like the first time you do this standing assessment, if it's something that you're open to trying. Let us know if something funny happened, if it didn't work the way you wanted it to. But I would be shocked. I mean, we've seen it now from almost 450 people have been through that course. It is a game changer in what we're doing. It's the reason that Nicole has identified that as the missing piece we are talking about here in our A missing piece segment on Prolapse. So would love to hear from you guys. Grateful as always for you guys tuning in. We would love to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise. Rise.